Are you ready to rewind? Take a nostalgia-filled ride back to a simpler time. It's Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And now your hosts, Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 35 of Acid Wash Memories, a retro pop culture celebration. And today, we're talking about The Price is Right. I'm Joe Morata, and with me is Michael Quinn. Come on down. Here I am. Here you are. Ready ding, to play? Ding, ding. <laughs> All those noises. All that those they make. noises. Uh, we'll be making some noises, mainly talking, folks. And thank you so much for being with us here. If this happens to be your first time listening to Acid Wash Memories, I do want to let you know that we have 34 other episodes available. Where, Quinn? In the archives. In the archives. You can check it out. Each week is a different slice of retro pop culture, so you might find something you like there. And whether you've been with us a little while, or this is your first time, please be sure to follow us at AWM Podcast on Twitter. Twitter X. Twitter X, yes. Twex. Uh, Twex, yeah. Follow yeah. us on Twix. Uh, yeah. Also, you can, if you have a Facebook and you haven't blocked half your family on it yet or other people <laughs> and you want to talk to us and a bunch of other people about old pop culture, you can join Acid Washed Memories on Facebook. It's a group. Uh, the folks are nice, right? They're very nice. We talk they about just want to talk about the old things. Old stuff, right? Old yeah. crap, I think sometimes old, we say. Old, old crap. Old crap. So Crapola. Old, <laughs> talk about the crapola with us. Acid Washed Memories on Facebook. All right. That's it. We're ready to go here. This is it. This is it. The, so, the price is right right now. The price is right now. A good one, Quinn. I like yeah, that. I see. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. As of press time in 2023, uh, Bob Barker has just passed away at the age of 99. Crazy. Almost made it to 100. Didn't go over. You know? Yeah. And, uh, Everyone making that joke. Yeah, I know. And I'm probably the 7,000th person yeah. to make that one. But I think our fans, a couple of them mentioned it on the Facebook group. I think people may be expected at some point a Price is Right episode anyway. So we figure, you know what? Like the kink said, give the people what they want. Give the people what they want. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to cover this this fabulous show with fabulous prizes. With fabulous prizes. And one thing I want to mention here at the outset before we get into it, this is more of a salute, a celebration of, a history of, which we also do here. Mm -hmm. We are not going to get into the finer nitty gritty of the 7,000 pricing games that they've had. Plinko and yeah, Marvel right. Like. You're going to play Plinko! No Plinko. All right. <laughs> We're more just giving a general overview and the history because we like to do that stuff here. But obviously, the price is right. If you were ever sick as a kid, uh, you watch the show. It's that show. Here, it, it, right? Because it's only like at noon 10 or something. Yeah. yeah. The price is right. Weekday mornings. And it was a one-hour show yeah. for our childhood anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It was so long. It was a long game show. Which is weird for a game show. It is because, you know, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, the classic syndicated bundle, half hour each, yeah. you know, in and out, man. Yeah. Quite rate of play. No, this is this is this is luxurious game show. Yeah, You're going to sit back <laughs> and leisure. Yeah. It always felt like it was on for 6 hours. <laughs> like, it did though. Yeah. It did. And generations of kids watched this while homesick or maybe bored during the summer or whatever yeah. the case may be. And that's mainly where I watched it. And you know what's interesting? Even though it, the version we're talking about, well the the main version started in 1972. Even though this version is still on and had still has had another host for almost 16 years, uh, Bob Boy, Barker... time flies, by the way, because it, uh, it, it felt like it was like yesterday that I know. Bob Barker retired. It does. Bob Barker, obviously the beloved uh, 35-year veteran, the stalwart, if you will. I give the 7-Eleven guy a dollar for a pack of gum, and he says, sorry, you overbid. 
But we're going to talk about how we got there. Before we do that, of course, Quinn, I have a question for you. What is a price? It's what something costs. <laughs> so it's like, you know, like $9.99. It's oh, okay. $9.99, that's the price. So are all things like different yeah. prices? Oh, yeah. Oh, it, not everything is $9.99. Sometimes it's like $14.99. Sometimes it's just on the money. It's like 20 bucks exactly. Oh, and is there yeah. tax sometimes at the price? Occasionally. <laughs> sometimes tax is included. Okay, that's Sometimes true. people even out their prices when they're nice, right? Yeah, it, when they're nice. Like 20 we built in the tax, right? I gotcha. <laughs> All right, well, now that we've covered that important detail, let's talk about how we got to the current version of the prices, right? Again, current in quotations. It's been on since 1972, yeah. over half a century. But Not that it's changed too much. It, it hasn't. Really, and I think that's its uniqueness, right? Yeah. The price is right is how much it's stayed the same. I guess there must be something. The people that get paid a lot of money and study these things, Quinn, mm-hmm. there must be something to the psychology of that of yeah. comfort and keeping things the same for a long time. Yeah, and I think that's you know when when I think about the price is right, I think of a set that looks like it's from the seventies, yeah. but it's like nineteen ninety five, right? Exactly, and, and, and then it's two thousand five, and it still looks the same. And a microphone that yeah. looks like it's from the seventies, yeah. It probably would not surprise anyone listening here. It certainly doesn't surprise me that there was a 1950s version of this show. Of course there was, because that that was like the primary thing on TV in the early days was game shows, because they were just easy to make. Very cheap, right? Yeah. And the original Price is Right was the brainchild of, believe it or not, Mark Goodson. Ah. A Mark Goodson television production. Yes, Mark Goodson. We know of him from Family Feud and other shows. Uh, He was born in 1915, and he had begun his career as a broadcaster on the radio in the 1930s, the the burgeoning radio scene in the 30s. He's been at the beginning of everything. The beginning of everything. He hosted a show on the radio known as Pop the Question, which was a quiz show where you threw (laughs) darts at balloons to literally pop the question. It's a little literal. (laughs) It's a little too on the nose, isn't it? But anyway, the uh, first game show that he developed was in 1948 for TV, and it was known as Winner Take All. And let's play Winner Take All. Then a show named Beat the Clock in 1950. We play America's number one party game, Beat the Clock. What's My Line, which most of you have probably heard of, in mm-hmm. 1950. And now, what's my line? I've Got a Secret in 1952. He's involved in all of these. I've Got a Secret. And to tell the truth in 1956. Now, with those to tell the truth and all that, that's where they have a bunch of Pals. celebrities and they just like screw around and smoke yeah. cigarettes and stuff. Literally, that's exactly yeah. what those shows so are. Here's yeah. Betty White, but she's like 20. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, exactly, right. Betty? Number three, uh, for the time that you were there, did you have very much daylight? I don't know! Maybe you guys are familiar with this. We do have some game show fanatics that are listening, and we apologize if we offend any of you. But you would probably know if you're a little bit younger than this 50s generation, you would probably know Mark Goodson from, like we said, Family Feud. He mm-hmm. developed the predecessor match game. Right. You know, with Gene Ray, where everyone's drunk and celebrities. Wait, you know? How long does this man live? He was in the early radio, and he's he has all these game shows in yeah. the 70s and 80s 70s and, and stuff. beyond. Ever hear Card Sharks? Yeah. Mark Goodson. But in 1956 as well, more post-war here, we're into the uh, the baby boom, as they say, where the American dream is in full force, right? And people are buying televisions, mm-hmm. and they are watching the three channels that there are, maybe yep. four because of the Dumont. Right? Dumont, yeah. <laughs> that. Gotta count Dumont. We covered it. We, we talked about it. This is the Dumont Television Network. But anyway, Mark Goodson started working with a man named Bob Stewart. And this gentleman, Bob Stewart, went on to uh, create a show known as To Tell the Truth. See, I thought you were going to tell me he went on to make Stewart's The Restaurant. 
I haven't been there in a long time. Yeah, it's so good. It's a good place. And he went on to do Password and the Pyramid shows, you know, $10,000 oh, Pyramid yep, and all them. The, the various Pyramid schemes. The other game shows. Yeah, the other ones. <laughs> the ones that... The, the Wink Phil, Martindale ones. The ones that Phil Game Show Network. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, now, this guy, Bob Stewart, who did not make the restaurant, but he was also a New York City radio broadcaster, and he had started developing an idea in his head only uh, known as for a show known as the auctionaire okay this eventually was developed in conjunction with mark goodson into a brand new show known as folks the price is right aha so there you go so there it was go. actually the idea of bob stewart but Mark I mean, Goodson worked the, with them. The auctioneer, it's close enough. Like you're, we're getting to the concept. <laughs> we're getting to the concept. You got to right? work it. You Have know, to start somewhere. Yeah, they needed the host, obviously, as all game shows do. And a man by the name of Bill Cullen was tapped as the host. Again, if you're who? a game show fanatic, <laughs> yeah, I know who to you. I get it. <laughs> yeah. And probably many of the people listening that are our age or younger. But if you're a game show fanatic, you probably know who Bill Cullen is. He had already been hosting uh, various programs for both NBC, the national broadcasting mm-hmm. company, and the Columbia, <laughs> Columbia Broadcasting yes. System. The Columbia's, Columbia has their own one. broadcasting system. Their very own. And he appeared as a panelist on I've Got a Secret. So we'll get into Bill Cullen in a second and his hosting. But found this interesting, Michael Quinn. One guy that reportedly turned down the hosting job because he did not see any lucrative aspect of hosting a game show, and specifically this one, an actor by the name of Dick Van Dyke. Makes sense. I mean, he, <laughs> you, you ever notice the guys that like do actually make it, they turn down the game shows? Because the game shows seemed like they, there was tons of them, right? Yeah. And the people who were tr- thinking bigger were probably like, okay, that's like... I'm going to go uh, be a uh, chimney sweep. I, I want to get a little higher than this. Fly right? a kite, maybe. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. Anyway... Remember, TV is new at this time, right? right? And coincidentally, earlier, there were game shows everywhere because they're really easy to make. They're cheap to produce, they right? They fill the air. They f- and most importantly, they fill the air. Yeah. Exactly. And this, at the time when Price is Right started here in 1956, was just another game show on the pile. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. Because what you had was your celebrity panel shows, and you had your kind of lower brow ones like this, where it's people doing stuff. And this debuted on November 26th, 1956. Jeez. Yeah. On NBC. Not Only a year CBS. after Marty McFly did his <laughs> escapades, huh? He just missed it, man. Yeah. He could have seen it. If he stayed for a <laughs> little bit. Stayed another year, he would have he seen it. He was planning on it at I first know. before they figured out that lightning situation. Well, that's true. And then yeah. where they went, they don't need roads, yeah. if you recall. They don't. It's true. They, they went didn't, to the future. They, they, they don't use cars. the roads there. <laughs> Use the air. This is all real, folks. Use the air that they're filling with the prices right back in 1956. <laughs> anyway, let's take a quick sample here of a Bill Cullen era episode. As you might imagine, it was, of course, in black and white because it's night. 19- Which is weird because the price is right is notable for its burst of color. Yeah. And it's very much what you're going to expect from a 1950s game show. So let's take a listen. This is a January of 59 episode. Bill Cullen introducing the price is right. Big pop. Big pop for Bill Cullen. Thank you all, and welcome everybody to The Price is Right. Tonight we are introducing a brand new exciting showcase, which all you folks at home, as you know, can win. Very folksy demeanor, huh? Plinko. We're going to show it to you a little later on in something (laughs) real Stop bringing up Plinko. But right now, let's us meet four nice people. So, in this version here, you already have four panelists. Oh, wait, so they don't fall from the crowd or whatever? They're already on there. Look at this nerd. And you can find these on They're pre-selected. I don't like that. It bothers you? Yeah. So we're Against the spirit of The Price is Right. It is. So 
we're going to talk a little bit about this version here before we move on. The basic gameplay of this 1950s version is that a prize was set out, right? And it was bid on. It's much like eBay with a minimum bid. I mean, the auction days of eBay when there's yeah. no buy it now. A minimum bid was outlined. And once a contestant got close enough in their mind to what they thought the price was, they could freeze their bid, right? Okay. So the closest contestant, without going over the price of the item, they won the prize. And that was really, I mean, there were a few variations. So it was just bidding. There's no, like, just stupid bidding. games. And no, like, there's no oh, Planko. The, there's no Planko? No wheels to spin and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, no, no. The showcase? No, there's no showcase? No show. Well, a showcase, but in a different way. Yeah. And if you recall, the initial concept here that uh, Bob Stewart had was the auctioneer. They did retain a lot of that auction aspect yeah. here. This sounds not as good as the, the no. regular version. But I'll tell you what, it did pretty well. Uh, by the way, the prizes... Pretty standard stuff you'd expect from game shows, you know, toasters, uh, furs. Uh, oh, not like boats and vacations well, and stuff? Well, like, uh, funny you should mention, they did give away cars, so a brand new okay, car! Yeah. <laughs> uh, couches, even. You gotta sit somewhere to watch the show. I mean, that's expensive. Show. Seriously, now it's Furniture is. It's still... Why, <laughs> what is up with the price of couches, huh? Like, it's always like this... It's, it's like an investment, and it's like you better get the right one, because, <laughs> you know, it, you don't want to have to buy a new couch. Well, you also don't want to sit on a crappy couch for right. way longer than you have to, But right? at the same time, it's something that, over time, you're going to ruin... <laughs> well, not if you treat it right. Of course, but unless you put the you, plastic on it, you're not. I don't it's mean never like gonna be an like, Italian grandmother. Yeah, it's, nev- it's never going to be like perfect. So it's just ridiculous. Do you treat your couch well? Yeah, I try. You sit in a chair mainly. Yeah, but I but I I eat on the couch. <laughs> you do. And it's it's well, easier. You have that table. It's more convenient. Funny, yeah. yeah. So sometimes though, with this prices right here, there were crazy prizes like. A Ferris wheel. <laughs> Wait, what? Where are you going to put that, yeah. by the way? That's like, it's might as well just give him a horse, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, seriously. Just put it in your backyard. <laughs> or my personal favorite prize, Quinn. Stock shares. <laughs> what? I swear. Imagine if, they ga- imagine if they gave him, like, IBM or something, like, or, oh. or, or like, something that actually hit. Because in the hit. 50s, it would be too late to get IBM, right? Because... Was it already? You it was know. already one of the bigger companies. So you want to get something that was, like, like you can't get Apple in the... in the No. Yeah, that was, like, you had to get that in the 70s. EMI or something, because they picked up the Beatles yeah, in the like 60s, some, something some like that. Some company that eventually, like, yeah. is old now, yeah. but eventually made it really big. I like that. There was also a viewer participation aspect... This just goes to show what time we were living in. TV watchers could send in a postcard, of course, and bid on stuff. Which, I mean, if you think about postcards, the fastest way, probably, besides a telegram at the time. I suppose. I mean, besides calling. The show's, like, pre-taped anyway, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't live, I don't think. Anyway, the announcer for the Bill Cullen era of Price is Right, Don Pardo, who, if if the name isn't familiar to some of you, you probably know him, Quinn. Most famously, although he did a lot of things in his long career, the announcer for Saturday Night Live. Yes. Through all of it until like 2014, yeah. until he passed D- away. How, that's crazy. Don Pardo in Don the 50s? Pardo. That yeah. seems too early for him. 50s. I would think the 60s or late 60s, he would have emerged. Yeah, Don Pardo. The Price is Right, presented by RCA, world leader in electronics. Uh, now, in 1959, we're not going to get too deep into this, but we have to set the stage. You may have heard of it, Quinn. Some of you folks listening may have heard of this. There was the quiz show scandals. Yes. Game show scandals, right? So, in that movie Quiz Show or yeah, whatever. Yes, that they it talk is. about it. 100%. 
So even though there had been quiz shows since like the 30s on radio, it wasn't until 1954 that the Supreme Court officially ruled that quiz shows on radio and TV could give prizes and prize money to the players. Keep that in mind, because throughout the late 50s, various shows that I've never heard of, such as The Big Surprise, 21, you want to play 21? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's weird. Why, though? Was it like a gambling thing? Did they, was that, did it fall under gambling or something? I don't know the specifics of why. I know they had to, it was a whole thing, but I think it's something to do with maybe conflict of interest. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's, it's odd that it was like, that it was illegal prior or whatever, yeah. or maybe legally questionable. If the Supreme Court rule on it means that it, well, there wasn't a law. It yeah, was there just was like, no law. It was legally ambiguous. Gray. Yeah, yeah. ambiguous. Uh, another show, the $64,000 question, Tic Tac Doe and Dotto. Don't forget yeah. Dotto, that very famous show. Dotto. Yeah, Dotto. Remember Dotto? We always think of Dotto. I love Dotto. They were all, all these shows I mentioned and some others were uncovered to have been, now if you're wearing a hat, take it off. Yeah, hold on. Rigged <gasps> by the producers, by the sponsors, yeah. and by key contestants, all in an attempt to drive ratings. Yeah, so it wasn't like they were trying to get the money, right? It was more they were, they were trying to like make it entertaining. It's like wrestling or something. They were just like, yeah. it's like, we'll, we'll get this guy. You know, he'll seem like, oh man, is he going to get it? Like, he, But he's entertaining, so they, they rig it so that yeah. he wins so that he's on the next episode, and yeah. then the ratings go up and up and up. Sponsors were intervening yeah. and things like that. Yeah, because then, yeah, and then also sponsors they you know more people watching more people see the sponsors product loot whatever winston cigarettes yeah like whatever and so everybody wins right. including the guy that they rigged it for exactly ivory soap whatever the sponsors yeah. were shocking i know folks in this great lands and times in which we live now to even imagine that uh, something that is supposed to be legitimate could be rigged it's funny to think now only because like i feel like if that happened now nobody would give a shit nobody because everyone's like oh it's corporations whatever everything's right right right? is basketball rigged probably is football rigged everyone says it's everything's fixed right according to a lot of people yes not wrestling though yeah that's real that's absolutely real totally it's still real to me damn it (laughs) Anyway, because it was the 1950s and people had shit else to do, you know, except watch TV or walk around or whatever, they did public opinion polls and surveys and crap like that. And somewhere around like 90% of the population, meaning 9 out of 10 people, 90 out of 100, they knew about this quiz show scandal stuff. It was in the public eye, man. It was in the zeitgeist. In the paper. (laughs) And in the paper. I wonder if they were reporting on it on TV on the very networks that were presenting the shows. Well, that would be just adding insult to injury, wouldn't it? It's like Cronkite. It's (laughs) like, hey, this show that we air, it's, uh, it's rigged. In other news, the game show world has been shaken up. A series of scandals threatened to undermine both the credibility and quite possibly the financial implications of the entire game show business. And now, back to Joe Morata and Michael Quinn for a bunch of bullshit. So anyway, all these solid shows are canceled uh, in the late 50s. The Price is Right, however, escaped all of that. They weren't rigging anything. They avoided all the crap. People started watching The Price is Right more there wasn't and more. anything else. <laughs> right, all these <laughs> all the competition went away. Yep. And uh, kind of just continued on its merry way. And then in 1963, for those of you that like the dates, Price is Right moved from NBC to ABC, the American Broadcasting Company. Excuse me, ABC? (laughs) I wouldn't think it would be... Well, it's a game show. Nobody cared anymore because the quiz shows well, thing is over. That's true. Remember, we, a- ABC's always like the lower rung back then. Remember we did Wheel? Yeah. 
uh, however many episodes ago that was, available in the archives. That bounced around also, right? Yeah. I mean, it aired on CBS, it aired on NBC, it aired on ABC. I'll tell you what, it always does make me bring a smile to my face how plucky and crappy ABC is. Like, it <laughs> might be why I'm such a fan of them because they're you just- think they're the crappy one? Not anymore because one, once Disney bought them, the crap era, like where we're the lower rung guy, was kind of over. They had budget suddenly and know, like Disney World tie-ins and stuff. You've always viewed them as inferior to like NBC or something? NBC was definitely like the most prestigious with CBS. Actually, I feel like CBS and NBC were always like dueling for the like, yeah. these are the premier like networks. Maybe depending on the decade. ABC's like, who gives Hi. a shit? Yeah. It's like, we're here too. <laughs> we're here too. But then Fox came in and it kind of like puffed up ABC's like <laughs> stature a little bit. And they're like, we like families. Watch yeah. our stuff. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but anyway, move to ABC, the uh, Hi Network in 1963. Still had Bill Cullen as the host. However, since Don Pardo had an NBC contract, he could not go with them as the announcer. So the future Jeopardy announcer, Johnny Gilbert, was tapped. What? Yes. Sometimes Johnny Olsen would fill in, who was another famous game show announcer. Anyway, Price is Right was quietly canceled in 1965. Oh, so the show's over? We're done here? It's done. See you, everybody. See you next week. Wait a minute, Quim. Game shows are cheap, right? Yeah. Okay. So if a network needs programming, daytime. Somebody, yeah, somebody had a gap and they needed to fill it. Well, yeah. Yeah. And Mark Goodson, always always hustling, man. That yeah. Mark Goodson. Just, he just put prices right in the vault. It's like, eh, whoever, you know, somebody's going to come along eventually. Yep. So he's like, you know what? Why not? It's 1972 now. Why don't we revive it? I think it's been long enough. Seven years. Yeah. It's just so funny. It's not that long. Yeah. You know, but it's like... And wrestling fans out there are like, oh, see Jim Cornette rule yeah. or whatever. Seven years, you know, for uh, angle reusement. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is, right, 1965, when I think of 1965, and when I think of 1972, I didn't live through either of these years. Maybe some of you did. To me, that seems like two very different periods of time. Well, yeah, but it was also because the, the 60s was a turbulent, changing time. Right. So by the time you get through that decade, a lot yes. has changed, right? right? We're talking in 65, we haven't been to Vietnam yet. Mm-hmm. In 1965, color TV is just coming out, right. literally just becoming- New tech. New, yeah, new tech. By 1972, we have had the, the Vietnam War and, and all that. Uh, Martin Luther King, Robert F. Kennedy, and we have had what else went on? The Civil Rights Movement. Yeah, you know, it really a lot of things. A lot of things. A lot of things changed. So seven years. You think seven years ago? We're recording this in 2023. Seven years ago was only 2016. It's like nothing. It feels like nothing. So like if they were reviving a show from seven years ago, we'd probably be like, that ended. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you never know. Too. I mean, like I know things had changed, but I'm sure people. As they were living through it, it felt like seven years ago wasn't that long ago either. You're right? probably right. You I know? mean, honestly, I, I yes, it, we, it, they probably felt the way the we. The times do now. have changed, but still, like their perception of time is still the same. It's more like, it's wow, things change so fast, right? It's like, it, but it's okay. still, it's still, wow, that wasn't that long ago to them, right? I think that's a great way to look at. it. I think it's a lot easier when you look back and you right. see the differences. It's very fair. Uh, but Goodson's uh, proposal here was for a, a new version of The Price is Right that was less auction-y. Not the, uh, <laughs> I, 
I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of like remember the home shopping pilot, uh, the uh, Wheel of Fortune pilots, Shoppers Bazaar. That sucked, right? Yeah, it was no good because it's just people doing stuff. I don't want to watch. Yeah, just boring what furniture. Like, they were sitting in like antique chairs, like gentlemen's chairs and stuff. Yeah, but it was all about like, hey, we can win this 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 furniture. <laughs> it's real. You want this? It was like being an Ashley Furniture Store or something. Like it was very strange. Which don't buy a couch from apparently. I've uh, heard. Oh, are they heard, no good? I've heard from people that could afford better couches, not to buy one from there because they, they did. Are they worse than IKEA somehow? I don't know about that. Yeah, but you have a Macy's one, right? No, my chair is Macy's, oh. but my couch is Ikea. And your gotta, couch gotta, is fine. Got a hot deal on that. I don't mind your couch. Yeah, I like my couch. Outside on it. Anyway, back to the revival here. More bidding in one round, just like the, you know, a bid. There's going to be some bidding, right? But overall, we're going to have games. We're going to have different elements. We're going to keep changing it up. You know, it's not going to be one it's thing. Not this boring right. question auction stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And all of the contestants would be drawn directly from the audience. Huh? That is probably one of the defining characteristics, I think, when people think <laughs> yeah. prices, right? The come on down. So, so this has a natural effect, by the way, when they start doing this of like, I, I don't know if it was immediate, but it's pretty, it's pretty much all throughout the 70s as people start wearing crazy outfits and stuff so that, you know, hey, pick me, pick Jumping me. Jumping around like an People idiot. People dressed up like bees and like <laughs> all sorts of weird shit. You know what I mean, right? It's like everyone mean. has like some weird costume on. A gimmick. And then don't, God forbid it's a Halloween episode. It's oh, like no. everyone just looks like a freak out there. It's like there, there's usually people in costumes, but then it gets like really wacky. You got people dressed up like Frankenstein and stuff in the audience. <laughs> Frankenstein. But I just, I just mean it's like this picking from the audience thing. It, it, it's this natural like everyone just tries to look stupid because they're trying to get picked, right? They're trying to get noticed. Yeah, no, this is exactly what it is. And yeah. they run down all excitedly yeah. and stuff. They never pick the people in the costumes. It always upset me. You know, that is upsetting because I would like to watch Frankenstein bid on the price of a coffee yeah. machine. You see everyone dressed up like an idiot and they always, every, they're like, come on down, Bill, and it's just some <laughs> dude. Like, And you're like, but why? Like, I want to see a mummy guess what a couch yeah, costs. Yeah, pick the guy dressed up like a mummy. Pick like, the mummy. <laughs> the hell? There should be a Halloween spinoff that's just all, only characters. Like every episode yes. of The Price is Right is like just year- everyone <laughs> in crazy shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got cosplay nowadays, so people's costumes are even more elaborate. That's a you good know? point, yeah. Yeah. We're people doing dressed more. up like The Undertaker and shit. <laughs> dressed up like The Fake Undertaker. Yeah. All right. We need a host, right? hmm Now, game show hosts are unique, Quinn. We talked about him a bit when we were doing Wheel of Fortune. Chuck Woolery, right? He was the host of the original host of Wheel, and he did Love Connection and Greed and things like that. And um, Greed. We, greed. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. After Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And they're like, oh, we, we need our version. Horrible. I know. Um, you know, Regis was a game show host, and Dick Clark, but these are multi-entertainment mm-hmm. personalities. But Pat Sajak, a very notable host, and Alex Trebek, and Wink Martindale, and Gene Rayburn Lots from Match Games. Richard yeah. Dawson. Yeah. They're unique because when people think, you know, the stereotypical game show host, they think of a prim and proper guy with the white teeth and maybe a slight tan. Maybe a bad toupee. Maybe a bad toupee or just dyed, you know, black or brown hair. And sometimes he's got some grays on the side, but like the top is dyed. Sophisticated gray. Yeah. (laughs) These are all game show people things. It really is. And the guy that uh, they wound up filling that spot with was no different for that period of time. A man by the name of Bob Barker. What a name, by the way. Can it's, we just can we just name. talk about this name? It's is alliterative. That, is that his real name? Is that is that that's not a, a stage name or anything? As far as I understand, that's his real name, Robert William Barker. Michael Quinn. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. 
But who is Bob Barker? We know of him now, but, you know, how did this guy start out? What happened here? Well, he was born in December of 1923 in Darrington, Washington. That's Washington State, the northern part of wow. it. Uh, which is really a remote part of the country, especially yeah. especially during the twenties. Think and about it. Be, being in New York, yeah. you know, in his in his career, that's yeah, crazy. Absolutely, quite a jump. Quite a jump. Now, I love this story for. I think it's cute. He met his would be wife, right, at age fifteen, at an Ella Fitzgerald concert. <laughs> and I just talk about like living in the old school, right? right? Yeah, like. So, he's, so he would have turned 15 in December of 38. So this is probably 1939, let's say. Ella Fitzgerald. You know what's funny? Remember I was joking in our music episode about how people think like there was like no music before and people didn't go to like concerts and stuff. Right. <laughs> this is like proof right. that that's not true. There was just, it's just the artists of the day, like, you know, yeah, and people would just go to the concerts. People 10 years ago would be like, yeah, I met my uh, wife at a Paramore concert or right, something yeah. like that, you know? Yeah. Just, Ella, Ella Fitzgerald. And yeah, why not? The right? one and the only. Yeah, I just, I love Ella. Anyway, he went to a jewelry college in Missouri and joined the Navy Reserve in 1943, obviously World War II. Didn't, I mean, everyone was doing it, right? Yeah. Then. Didn't serve, but he was in the reserve. Sorry for the rhyme. Didn't mean to. Uh, graduated college jury and became a broadcaster on the radio, which seems to be a very, it seemed easy to do back then. Kind of, but also- Hell, it might I mean, be easy to do now. I mean, it was- <laughs> I feel like back in those times, it was probably considered a very technical thing, too, to be even involved with radio in any way, right? Yeah, probably, right? Like, it was like, wow, this guy's on the, the cutting edge over here, right? And very prestigious, yeah. right? To have your mm-hmm. voice heard by people. But also a little plucky, too, because it's new tech. You think there's pluck? Oh, yeah, there's definitely pluck. <laughs> a lot of pluck or a little. Moderate amount yeah. of pluck. Shut the pluck up! Anyway, he went from uh, Missouri to Florida as a broadcaster. And then to sunny California, and he actually had a radio show for a few years known as the Bob Barker Show in Burbank, of course, Mm. Burbank, and uh, not Fresno, tried out as the host of Truth or Consequences and got the job. He got it. Yeah, in 1956. Remember this name. You're going to be hearing a lot about him. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bob Barker. Get limber. Oh. All set. Let's see. The Dean Cromwell always says, "Yep, yep, he's ready. Relax. That's I, good. Nice I, to have." Huh? I feel like I had Perry O'Brien's shot put right. <laughs> <laughs> nice to have you aboard, Bob. Believe me, it, it's a it's a thrill and an honor for me to be here, Ralph. Thus starts his TV career. Yep. So the same time that the original Bill Cullen Price is Right was launching. Bob Barker was also starting uh, as a game show host. It makes sense how he would get the prices right later down the line, yeah, right? Because because he had to start somewhere, and yep. we got to pick somebody with experience, right? Yep. And he had had it by then. I mean, you're talking 1972. That's 16 years under his belt mm-hmm. as a game show host, which is not you know that's a lot of years. To also, be doing like, something. where do you find somebody has game show host on their resume? <laughs> There's not a lot back then, especially. There weren't as many, no. I'm sure nowadays with YouTube and stuff, you could kind of say you hosted a game show that you did yourself. But well, that would be like <laughs> us saying we host a radio show, right? Radio experience. I don't know. Ask our listeners. I think we could get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let us know on uh, Twitter yeah. at AWM Podcast or join the group. And let us know, obviously, your Price is Right memories. And did you watch it when you were sick home from school? Like everybody, like every kid in America. It's definitely a, a show you watch with like chicken noodle soup yeah, like, right, next year. Right. I had one summer where... I had a specific like babysitters thing I went to yeah. for like just for one summer. I think it was ninety four, 
And uh, <laughs> of would, course, you remember the year. Of course, I do. And I would get dropped off there at about nine nine thirty. And I remember every single day. One kid was my age. One was like two years younger. And the mom. Every single day, they would watch The Price is Right. It's a good so, show. I, I had no problem with it, yeah. yeah. But I remember that. It was like, we have to watch The Price is Right. And then we can go do what we're doing. Exactly, yeah. which we did. It was yeah. very, very strange summer. Uh, anyway, Bob Barker would actually host this Truth or Consequences show until 75. So there's some crossover here with okay. Price is Right. But let's get back to 1972. We're ready to revive the show. It's been seven long years without The Price is Right on the air, Quinn. Heaven forbid. I bet you like nobody missed it. There was too much <laughs> stuff going on. Like there was a ton of shit going yeah. on. Like you said, yeah. there was Beatlemania, Vietnam, and the monkeys, yeah. Martin Luther King. Like we yeah. said, we went to the moon. Yeah, we, we also just you know landed on the moon. Just that, Remember you that? Know, that nonchalant, easy thing to do, right? Yeah. Hey, moon men, aren't you forgetting to mention something? You really put the ass in astronauts. One detail we didn't mention yet, though, about this: this is still a half-hour game show. The, the Bill Cullen one was, this is a half-hour game show. And we have a change of network yet again. So we've been on NBC. We've been on ABC. Why not just do the hat trick? Why yeah. don't we be on CBS? Doing all three. One? Yeah. So CBS picks it up. I wonder, I wonder if uh, Price is Right has the rare distinction of being on all three networks. It is the only game show, I believe, that yeah. was officially... A network show for all three. Because and what the reason I'm saying that, folks, is you might say, "Well, Wheel of Fortune was on NBC and CBS. Yes, that was the network one. The syndicated one is not doesn't count an yeah. ABC show, right? It just mainly airs on ABC. It's mm-hmm. not how it works, though. Anyway, the show that we know, The Price is Right, the one that is still on to this day, 51 years later, beloved American institution, daytime television. It debuted on September 4th, 1972. And we're going to talk all about it on the other side of this break. Right now, we've got to just do our bidding, clearly. Yeah. We've got to go take a take a step away. Gotta take a bid. Take a bid. Can you guys take a bid also if you need to? Maybe get a yeah. beverage. Let us know if this is a radio show. In the meantime, listen to some commercials, but we will be back for the exciting second half of The Price is Right here on Acid Wash Memories. From KTEL Records, 22 explosive hits, 22 original stars, gallery. Oh, it's so nice to be with you. The great Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, the candy man can. Olivia Newton-John. Hamilton, Joe, Frank, and Reynolds. Don't pull your love out on me. Derek and the Domino's big hit, Layla. Osmond's, Detroit Emeralds, Millie Jackson, Flash, April Wine, Charlotte's, Pop Tops, Fortune. Here comes that rainy day feeling again. Joe Simon. He's got power in your kiss. Lobo. Possible lips. Hot Butters, Popcorn. 
many more. Get KTEL's 22 explosive hits now. 22 original stars and one great stereo LP. Only $3.99. The family at Wendy's invites your family to try our simple but unique menu. Featuring quarter pound, half pound, and three quarter pound hamburgers. Homemade secret recipe chili, crisp hot french fries, and thick creamy frosties. Come in and relax in our old-fashioned dining room or try our speedy pickup window service. The family at Wendy's fixes hamburgers 256 different ways with the old-fashioned concern that brings you back time after time. And now we return to more acid-washed memories. And welcome back to Acid-Washed Memories Retro Pop Culture Celebration. And this is episode number 35. We're talking all about The Price is Right. I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. Hi. Hello there, Michael. We're here. Hope you guys had a nice little break there. Uh, just a reminder here that we um, we do this show every week. If you like it, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. And be sure to follow us. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about uh, the 70s and the turmoil of the late 60s and the 70s yeah. and how it was just time for a new Price is Right, clearly. <laughs> That's what everyone was really pining for all during Vietnam and, yeah. and, and the Beatles and stuff. If only we had the Price is Right See, back. all those things were just in lieu of, of the Price is Right, right? They were like... They were filling a gap. We got sh- We got to just do other shit right? right they were duct tape yeah but the real thing was coming back we've got a new host bob barker we've got a new network cbs we've got a new concept it's not just sitting people sitting there watching people bid on stuff and as such they actually called it the new price is right did they really they, they really actually did. called it that they really they, did. apparently they stopped a long time ago <laughs> yeah which i'll cover yeah yeah they really did so there was still bidding, uh, which the game One Bid is the one that most people know. It's the qualifying game, which is played with the four contestants who come down from the audience, yes. and they stand at the foot of the stage. You know, contestants row, I think they call Out it. Out of the throng of people. Yeah. Stupid, silly outfits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how people uh, qualify to play, right? Yep. Uh, and then Showcase Showdown is the one where it determines who's going to compete in the showcases at the end of the show, right? right. We all know. That part, I'm sure. I'm trying to keep it very basic because, again, folks, there are 7,000 pricing games over yeah. the years. And I can run down some names of them, but I really but don't. But basically, like, you win the original. What, what's the first part called again? I, I, I never remember the name. One bid or the showcase showdown? The one, the initial when they call everyone down. One bid. One bid, right. So you win the one bid, and then you get to play some dumbass game. Like, it's, it's like, always weird. Like, it's always, like, I don't know, some shingles off a roof <laughs> fell off like and they're you know they're, they're so, covering something and you know it's always like these weird boards and stuff sometimes and there's golf there's golf <laughs> and, and it's all over the place really and and usually there's the girls and they're like oh you can win this and then they like pose in front of the thing or whatever yes barker's uh beauties yeah they were known uh there was also i do want to mention there were female models in the 50s and 60s was version. there okay. yes they were i don't know if they were called collins cuties but if mm-hmm. not they should have been sorry <laughs> that's a good that would be a good one <laughs> thank you uh, but yeah, they're the Barker's Beauties, which we'll talk a little bit more about. There were a, a ton of games, though. I'm just going to give you guys some names of some of these pricing I games. I can give you the first one. Plinko. Stop <laughs> it with the Plinko! You're going to play Plinko! There are some that they still have to this day, such as Bonkers, <laughs> Bullseye, Cliffhangers, Danger Price, Yeah, Do the Math, Double Prices, Freeze Frame, and uh, obviously there was a lot of games that they used to have, such as Give or Keep, Hit Me, Hurdles, Joker, Magic, Mystery Price, Split Decision, Shower Game, Professor Price, Super Saver, Trader Bob, Walk of Fame, etc., 
The bottom line is, though, it's supposed to entertain the elderly and children. The, the show. Is that really what, like their actual written name somewhere? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just inferring that. I'm just. I mean, yes, but it, you're absolutely that. right. But it, I just thought I think that would be funny if that was like in their like you know their their show bible or something like their show bible. Yeah, it's like the number one thing we're trying to do here is entertain the elderly and children. <laughs> <laughs> what a tagline! Yeah, huh? but it's what it is. Anyway, the uh, the I guess one of the most notable aspects for me as a kid. Because I remember the first game show that I really took note of, and I think this is true for a lot of kids, but not everyone, it was Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, Wheel of Fortune, right? definitely. Because yeah. of the colorful wheel and the board and the letters and Vanna. Yeah, but you want to talk about colorful. The Price is yes. Right was like a rainbow or right. something. Like it was, <laughs> you turn that on, it's just like your TV's glowing. Right? Like it's like, what is all of this? <laughs> so much color, very seventies. Um, and and that probably has a lot to do again with the time that started. That color television was coming out, and the set is very explicitly designed to highlight color televisions but what's kind of funny about that is that you know years when we got hd and all like they never changed no, that like explosion of color yep. look to the show why do it why so, so it still looks like that yeah it still looks like that it's yeah. very retro and the thing that always caught my eye as a kid after knowing what wheel of fortune was is when this show would pass by or i'd pass by mm-hmm. it on the channels was seeing this giant wheel but it was like you know it was and has that vertical. Di- digital sound. Beep, beep, yep. beep, 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 And they would spin beep, that wheel. Beep, beep. And I'd be like, is this Wheel of Fortune? Yeah. I, I didn't get it. You know, I came That's the f- original Wheel of Fortune. That is. I mean, yeah. we came to find out that that wheel was actually predates the Wheel of Fortune wheel. Right. So will I stop? I think I think uh, I like what always got me about that wheel is that it's only like half exposed and there's a little pointy thing. And it's like you have to. That's how it like lands. So it's it's kind of like you get to see the reverse angle of the wheel of fortune, right? Like yes. where you're like you're, you're, the guys are looking at it from the side or whatever. Did you ever see behind it? It just looks like a bunch of crap behind it. There's like plywood I'm sure with it writing looks like on it and stuff. Garbage. Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. junky. Yeah, well, it's a set. I, I mean, know, <laughs> I know. You show the good side to yeah, the audience, yeah. right? Of course, I, I understand that. I mean, it's a, we, we're talking about a game show here, Joe. With a budget? What are we? They, we <laughs> no don't have no budget. budget. Yeah, elderly and children. Yeah. Anyway, another big uh, component of The Price is Right, again, speaking of retro, uh, you would have to consider the theme song. And why don't we take a quick listen to the classic Price is Right theme song. Very retro. I mean, it was current. And they never changed it. With, again, nope. this is this is what I mean about The Price is Right. Is I think today, now, a lot of it's from... And, and, and honestly, since, like, the 90s has been the fact that it looks like it's from the 70s. Like, I'm sure, like, the 80s, it kind of didn't... It wasn't sticking in just yeah, yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, by the 90s, it looked like... Are these from... Like, are these old episodes? Right. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> and then it'd be confusing because there'd be this juxtaposition of people dressed in 90s clothes on a 70s set. And you'd You're be right. like, what is even happening here? You're 100% right. I think we would uh we should do something here. We should take a quick look at Bob Barker in 1972, his first one, the new Price is Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dark-haired Bob Barker. This of does course. not look like the Bob Barker I grew up. No, with. me neither. Let's take a quick uh quick lesson here to 
Bob Barker's first episode. Wonderful awards for smart shoppers. His voice is still the same. Prices, right? Yeah. Because we have some exciting new games that you will enjoy right there at home. Very game show host, isn't he? And new prices, right? <laughs> it right is. Now. Here's the first item of his suit. On the new That's very classy, right. I thought. See, look, the new, it's even in the logo. It's a fur coat! <laughs> they're yelling. Now these people still look like they're from the 60s. <laughs> I know. Even his outfits look like they're from this, the, the model here and everything. That's very 60s. Yeah. This beautiful coat can be yours if the price coat. is right. Well, why not? That's if the right. price is right, Quinn. What the hell? Oh. For the inaugural new price is right, it seems low tier to me. Which is, <laughs> like, you wouldn't take a new coat? Oh, I would take a new coat. Okay, so. Because you could sell that, but <laughs> a fur? Are you kidding me? I wouldn't wear it, but. <laughs> I, I I don't think I would either. Yeah. I think I'd look pretty silly in yeah. fur. But anyway. The reason in like Goodfellas, they're always like, they're always like dealing in furs and stuff. Like, they, they know. They know. <laughs> they know. It's not, it's not about wearing it. It's about, uh, we, can, uh, we could sell that we somewhere. do something with this mink over here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this new Price is Right was so wildly, incredibly successful that the new was dropped in 1973. Oh, wow. They just, yeah. <laughs> it's like people didn't even remember the old prices, right? right. So that's quick. Yeah. Think about how quick that is. One year. They're probably like, nobody calls it the new price. It's the price it's is the right. Price is like, right. That's what people call it. We're not going to do that. It's not, like the, it's not like the real Ghostbusters or anything <laughs> where they're like legally obligated. Right, you know, it's true. <laughs> it's true. Uh, and it was a half hour. Well, CBS gave it a whole hour. Oh, in, that's how we got to an hour. It wasn't an hour initially, you know, eh? In 1975, that's only three years in. We were talking about Bob Barker, his style, his voice. Very classic, you know, professional game show it's announcer kind of voice. folksy and rustic, too, at the same time. Yeah, yeah, which is the state he's from, you know, yeah. <laughs> is very folksy now, and rustic. Now, I, maybe it's just because he had gray hair when I was doing watching it or whatever, but even there... He always had, like, a grandfatherly voice. I, I don't know how else to describe it. He's, like, 48 there, yeah. but he does. He just he, has that grandfatherly like, voice that I can't Come here, kids. Like, yeah. that, like, it's, like, you know, it's just... a little creepy, Quinn. Yeah. Come here, kids. Yeah. <laughs> We're those originals. <laughs> We're those originals, yeah. But Grandpapa. <laughs> hey, Ryan, how is the game or whatever? Yeah. Grandfather, can I have a world of us? <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Anyway. It's all real. This is all real. Hi, Grandpa. Hey there, Ryan. Grandpa, uh, you can't imagine how many different butter candies I just saw in the store. Yes, I can't imagine that. But you can't imagine how many of them had golden wrappers. Well, I can't imagine that, too. But, Grandpa, can you imagine that there are people who actually buy that other stuff? The big thing about Bob Barker, style-wise, though, and this was, they intentionally kept it like this forever and ever, is he used... Very notably, very famously, a long, thin microphone. Yes. Now, this, in the 70s, this was like a new thing, yes. right? Like, this is kind of allowed him to, like, get around, because it's on a long cord. I think that was, like, the technical yes. reason. It's a telescoping mic. It's lightweight. It's lightweight, but the cord was extremely long as well. And so, he's able to get through this set of all this crap yeah. like all these these different games and stuff yeah like it's it's like a mobile situation it's probably for like necessity at first right yes well because before be cordless mics it's 100 because think of the logistics here right yeah they're pulling in people from the crowd it's a lot harder to get lapel mics on them and do sound check and if make sure they're wearing it right that they don't yeah. bump so it bob takes this wand basically selfie stick yeah and he's taking it all over the place yeah and it looks like it has some bend to it too in case he needs to 
<laughs> and, like and he needs to like bend the. Uh, what game know. is that? Is that Plinko? No, I mean aim it at you know. Hey, yeah. we need to hear this guy or whatever. That's exactly yeah. the point. It was for logistics more than anything. And again, the lightweight aspect is because you're going to be holding this thing for a friggin' hour. You don't want your arm to get tired. And that sounds dumb, but it's, it's funny true. if this show came out like in 1997, that would never have been a thing. Because there would have been wireless mics, he would have just been able to hold the standard size one that's wireless. Yeah, and he would have, and they would have also given like the contestants probably something else. Yeah. You know what I mean? They yeah. probably wouldn't pull them from the crowd if the show started in the '90s. Maybe I don't know about that. It you loses know like that? all its appeal without the crowd pulling. I think you're right. I think that's yeah, one I, of the. You know, I guess we'll talk about the show. That is one of the biggest aspects here. Is it's regular people. Yeah, it feels like if you go to see the show, you may win the prices, right? Unlike Correct. all the other ones where it's like, you know, you have to go through a qualifier and all this nonsense. Just to get on wheel, you have yeah. to go through qualifiers. Wheel! Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you're guessing letters, and they're like, no, you're not good enough for this. I I can never understand qualifiers <laughs> on wheel. Maybe Jeopardy, just so you don't yeah. look like an idiot. Yeah, but like Jeopardy's very hard to get yeah. into. But wheel? <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's literally guessing. But then again, you know, it's funny. They have qualifiers on wheel, and man, oh man, Achilles. <laughs> Mythological <laughs> hero, Achilles. Achilles, yeah, that. Mythological hero, Achilles. But anyway, uh, the microphone is, I looked it up because I was like, what is that? Most of the sources say uh, it was a Sony ECM-51. So if you want to go buy one, you know. All you mic dorks yeah, out there are like, oh, I got to have that Bob Barker mic. I ordered one. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and I, obviously, they kept it well beyond when it would have been a fashionable microphone, probably for traditional purposes. Like so, Drew, yeah. Drew Carey still uses so, it. So, again, I think even the mic plays into nothing ever changes on the prices, right? Correct. And that's like, that is like a strategy of how it's like marketed and presented. And oh, stuff. yeah. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Is that. All these things are changing, but the price is right will always be the same, right? Maybe the girls are in different clothing. Yes. To, so they don't look crazy in like 70s garb. Well, but yes, like, of course. But other than that, you know, it's a dude in a suit and a skinny mic and <laughs> people guessing on people, prices. People in wild costumes in the audience. Frankenstein. But, yeah, Frankenstein and all sorts of people coming up. And, you know, it's just their 15 minutes of fame, man. As lowbrow, and I don't mean that in an insulting way, but when you compare it to shows like Jeopardy and the knowledge-based shows, which some people view as pretentious anyway, as lowbrow as a concept as this is, perhaps, and even wheel, all this, this might be a little more tricky in certain aspects with the pricing, but uh, I don't know. I totally agree with that. I am actually very poor at guessing these prices when I would watch the show. Like I, I, I just have no mind for that. That's why it's like the people that go... I think there's people that go and they they, they they are just good at it and people are like, you should just go to The Price is Right, right? Yeah, I think so. You I know? We have fr- we have a friend that we know that would be very good on The Price oh, is Right. he would be amazing at this game. And he's the guy that you take with you if you're buying a car. Yeah. <laughs> this is I'm not lying either. Yeah. He's the guy you take with, with you. with me to buy my car. There you go. Another thing about Bob Barker here is uh, he was the first or at least the first notable we talked about game show hosts earlier, right? And the archetype of a game show host with the prim and proper and blah, 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 and the dyed hair. He was the first one to not dye his hair anymore. Yeah. And this was in 1987. Jeez, only like 10 years in, he looks like the way I knew him. <laughs> so That was quick. He addresses this on a 1987 episode of The Price is Right. Ma'am, thank you. Lady in the back row says she loves my hair. Now, I, I know that if you saw the show yesterday, my hair was dark. And I'll tell you, I had a blind date last night. <laughs> <laughs> Never again. 
But uh, do you like it? Do you like it? I like that his hair is a topic Wait, of... So, if you don't... Let me ask you a question. Go so ahead. he's saying the other day, so what did they tape all these episodes up to a point when he had dark hair and then he just like that the next taping session was a couple months later or something. That's my, well, I don't know when, but yeah. it probably was the end of a cycle. Yeah. And, and or he just he, didn't dye his hair. Or he had temporary dye in. Maybe he yeah. didn't use, you know, permanent dye. Oh, the washout kind. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. But yeah, so Bob Barker was the first one to break that tradition and be like, no, I'm going to let my hair go gray. But by ten, over 10 years in, I feel like you can get away with that, right? Because now you're like, okay, this guy's going to be around a while. He's in his 60s we're now. Gonna, we're going to age with him. Right, he's gonna he's gonna get elderly while we're watching this show. Right, <laughs> yes. it's like and that he did. Yeah, Bob Barker actually became the executive producer of The Price Is Right in 1988. Wow, 16 years into the job. I don't want to get too much into all the controversies with Bob Barker, not because you know that we can't handle talking about it, but because I don't feel like that's the flavor of the episode. But to to briefly sum it up, once he became executive producer. And into the 90s, there were several controversies in terms of sexual discrimination, affairs with some of his Barker's beauties, other things of that nature that you are more than welcome to look up on your own time. Uh, That's just not the flavor of this week's episode. I'll tell you this. I was not aware of any of this because I was a child. (laughs) Yes, same here. I didn't either. I just, I'm eating chicken noodle soup and it's like. (laughs) Hey, this show's on. Yeah, yeah like, and this guy's funny. I was, I was not aware of any of these scandals. And that's so. that's good. I mean, one way or another, whatever you think of it, we're just talking about the show, and mainly more than anything else. So just damned if we do, damned if we don't, but I wanted right. to mention it. Well, there you, you go. Know, make sure it's that mentioned. we're aware of it, okay? Yeah. Uh, but so Barker's beauties were an aspect, and Rod Roddy, the announcer, is another aspect. Yes, you remember Rod Roddy? Rod Roddy. He would always be wearing some stupid clothes, and he was just very beloved and yeah. very loud. I mean, this is a guy that you can tell when you look at him, he's got a gig that he's not going to lose. Right. <laughs> if, you, if you're dressing like this, you know, I don't give a crap. I'm going to I'm going to get a look. Right. I'm going to I'm going to get a look together and I'm going to look a certain way. <laughs> the way you describe that, though, is actually perfect because yeah. that's pretty much true. I mean, Rod Roddy stayed on as the announcer uh, all the way up until 2003 uh, around the time of his death. Yeah. Right before he died. And he I mean, was, you barely ever saw the guy, too. I mean, he doesn't have to no. be look like Bob Barker or anything. It's just great that he went... Rod Roddy, first of all, is a great name. Yeah. It, I, Bob Barker and Rod Roddy. <laughs> how did they pull that off? What is his... Let's find out his real name. That, there's no way that's real. Uh, yeah, it is actually Robert Ray Roddy. They got two? They, they, they per- got two. Perfect names? They got two. I should also mention here, Johnny Olsen was the announcer originally for this revival until 1985. Okay. And then it was Rod Roddy. Yeah, just so you guys know. And there were fill-ins, Gene Wood, a few other people. But anyway, Rod Roddy was the primary announcer, and then Rich Fields took over uh, in 2003, 2004. Barker was still around. Yeah, Barker was still around. Then Rich Fields is probably the one that really became... That I remember hearing yelling, brand new car! Like, I know (laughs) know other people do, but Rich Fields is the one that got really loud doing it. You know, it's funny. The Price is Right, actually. One of its... It's almost like a trope was the, a brand new car! Yep. Or like, like that kind of way of announcing it yes. or whatever. A new car! They'd lift the curtain and the car would, a brand new car! So <laughs> like you got Bob Barker and Carnival Barker. Yeah, yeah. Good Lord. Shut up. There's syndicated versions of this though. Did you know that? Because most people don't. What? Unless you're a hardcore game show fan. Yes. When was that on? I'll tell you. Oh, maybe this is how I saw it at like noon or some weird time. It wasn't. I'll tell you why. 
at the same time the new Price is Right debuted in 1972 for mm-hmm. CBS Daytime, a syndicated version debuted, hosted by a man by the name of Dennis James. Who? Who. And this aired for five years from 72 to 77 in syndication half hour. Then there was an 80 syndicated version for one year, 85, 86, known as the Nighttime Price is Right. Nighttime. See, that doesn't feel right, does That's it? That's not when this show should I, ever be on. I don't think. It doesn't belong next to, you know, unless the, price the is Jeffersons. Right, unless the Price is Right was having some kind of, like, epic tournament style prices right where they were going to like blow it all off on a nighttime episode or something yeah. like that's the only that's the only that's the only time you could ever try something like that right we're, we're going to have this like very special episode where like the best prices right guesser people are going to like face off in the ultimate battle or something <laughs> right you just came up with an idea this is not much different than Jeopardy, like Champions Tournament or whatever. Tournament and like, Champions, yeah. sure, sure. That's like a good point. It, that's what all I'm thinking of. Is so, and sometimes they would, you know, game, like how millionaire at one point they were hyping up like somebody winning it so much that they like made sure it was on in prime time. It wasn't on at like eight. It was on different or something. Was it? I, I think it was like, I, I like nine instead or something. Like, <laughs> oh, big change. Yeah, uh, but this version only lasted you know a very short amount of time. But then here's one that I didn't know growing up because I barely watched the regular one as it is. Right. Well, apparently, Quinn, in 1994, we were cognizant. We are well cognizant in September of 94, right? Mm -hmm. Until January of 95, (laughs) there was the new Price is Right. What? Hosted by a man named Doug Davidson. But the new one is already airing. They just don't call it that. That's correct, Quinn. (laughs) The new Price is Right is turning back the clock. And Bob Barker, the executive producer of the regular one, was none too pleased about the nomenclature here. But one way or another, because he's like, we're the new prices, (laughs) right? (laughs) They're not the new. They're the new new prices, right? right? What is this? Why don't we take a quick uh, peek at this one, folks? Already, it just looks worse. Oh my god, like the new version of the music. Yeah. It's like jazzier or something. It's a whole different set. It's a different studio it's taped in, I think. This music, it's like mixing it's like crap. Hip-hop or something. Yeah, hip-hop. Yeah, very hip, very a lot, hop. A lot of hip. All right. It's got that jazz to it, too, like it's Welcome WWF like right. programming or something. Ryan has just told me that this could Why does she talk like this? Also, his suit coat is really big, like television. those 90s suit coats. Very nice. Is this yeah. like the... Mo- I get it. It's the 90s one. Yeah. It's right new. Now, we don't want to do it I alone, like so this guy. I need Who is a this? contestant right now. <laughs> okay, Doug. Joselito Lopez. Doug, Come on Doug Davidson. Down. Now, by the way, the announcer is uh, Burton Richardson, who was uh, Arsenio Hall's announcer. Okay. Arsenio Hall. That yeah, guy. I see. He says his name. Remember? You know, this is reminding me immediately. There's always a guy in a military uniform or like a Navy outfit on the prices, right? Na- <laughs> well, that's I mean, like a common like yeah. thing. So you're asking who this guy was? Yeah. Well, he was on The Young and the Restless. Okay. That's why he looked somewhat familiar, but I couldn't pin it. And somewhat strange because yeah. he's a he's soap got, star. He's got a mullet. Yeah. And <laughs> just sound, hi. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to The Price is Right. It's yeah. going to be good. Anyway, if you like this show, I'm very sorry, but I don't think anyone did because it only lasted for four months. <laughs> So with what that a weird said, experiment. I know. Uh, there's also various international versions. Uh, there's what? the UK had their own produced version. So wait, they didn't see, they didn't just air the Bob Barker ones in English speaking locations. Well, and <laughs> like why? What's the point, right? It might. 
<laughs> it might have aired in the UK. I am not saying it didn't. I don't know that for sure. But I think it would just be fun to check out. Eh, let's check out a 1985 episode of the British Price is Right from ITV. What do you think about that, okay, Michael? Sure. Quinn? Let's see what we got here. Is everything in pounds? Am I not going to understand <laughs> the prices? <laughs> let's see what we got. Oh, this guy looks very English. <laughs> Falling out of his face. Wait, wait, who's the announcer lady? I don't know. Oh, no, these are the Barker's beauties of this. Or, you know, Thurston's. Now, notice it's a quid symbol for the prices, right? Instead of a dollar. Well, come on down! Oh, the, the host yeah, does like come on down? Family feud. It is family. It is family feud. No, it's slightly different. Part of it was family feud. Jim Feces. All right, we gotta. We're seeing from we Puddingville. The, we just need to get to the price guessing. All right, we let's need get to, to We it need here. The, the unique quid aspect to this. Okay. Could we? And does he say quid or pounds? I'm very curious. Not too good tonight. But we have 300 people in our studio audience. This is 1985, by the way. Who have traveled through the rain and the now, mist and the fog. This guy sounds a lot like um, they brought their own lifestyles of the rich and famous. Guy. He does. Yeah. I'm Robin Leach, and I do know why. Now, these are very 80s British people, like the lady with the red hair. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. I'm just kidding. You know I love you guys in England. Now then, we have our first four tenants of Contestant Row, and I want you to give them a really good welcome. Okay. Sharon! We're going to skip Sharon! This. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, wait. He, he, we're going to get to the show. We're still introducing... A decanter set. A decanter a set. Very British. Tray, very British. A cut glass decanter and a set of crystal liqueur glasses to give any occasion some extra the most British thing I've ever seen. All right. Are okay, we, how much does it cost? Yeah, all right. You really want to know? I want to know. All right, let's do it. Now, I want the price of that lot. You get one bid each, and whoever bids the nearest without going over this wins the like decanter. It's world or something. Great. joins me on stage. If you go over... Probably raining outside. This could be yours if the price is right. Looks like it's raining Sharon, outside. what is your bid on the tray, decanter, and three glasses? Uh, 89 pounds. Eight pounds. pounds. Are you happy now? Pounds. I'm going to go with £120. Pounds. Is somebody going to say quid instead? <laughs> Let's see what this idiot says. Ninety-four pounds. Nine. I'm gonna go with one twenty. Is that so like saying bucks? In yeah. The okay. Yeah, yeah. Donna, your opinion. One hundred and four. Oh, see, she's with me. She's with me. We're getting closer. How do you even know? One hundred and thirty. One hundred and thirty says more. One hundred thirty pounds. I said one hundred twenty. The price That's heavy. we're looking for is one hundred and twenty-three pounds. Oh, oh. I won! Wow, I gotta say, the last lady was. Almost there. She, she was like closer she than everyone. She knows a decanter set. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. There's also an Australian version. Hey, Mark Rourke and all you guys down there in Oz. Crikey. Let's... Now, they have dollars over there. Now, they do. <laughs> they have Australian dollars, like yes. Kangaroo bucks or whatever. St that's not what it's called, Quinn. And we're going to check out an Australian version here. Say, I told you, we're celebrating the prices right today. Let's damn do it. it. Not just Bob Barker. The whole concept of this bizarre show where you... What is this logo? What am I looking at? This is uh, 1996. We're skipping ahead here. Who? Marty Anus? <laughs> this guy's too young for this. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> What's your problem with it? Also, the logo is hideous. Right? <laughs> it looks like they did it in three minutes. Yeah. By accident. Horrible, Joe! <laughs> what do we got here? I don't like this guy already. Really? Thank you. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming in. Hello, welcome Foster's. to Studio Number Nine. Stop. Hi, Katrina. Hi, how you going? Hi, good. Wait, why are they I don't picked? Talk. I don't. My knees are like no, they picked them already. <laughs> Your knees have gone. The announcer it. did. Well, hang on tight. We'll we look just skipped you. it. Hi, Chris. Hi, Larry. Okay. How are you? Good, thank you. <laughs> Trish. 
Oh, hey, can I have a new cab, please? <laughs> what? You didn't even play what the game. What's the prize? Why is the guy wearing a hat? Sailboat. It's a mobile phone. It's a mobile phone. Oh, when you're on the boat, you can call people. Worst Australian. He has a boat captain's hat on. Well, he's got a sail the high seas. Also, no, no beauty. It's a, it's a male. Yeah. Are they, um, are they low seas because it's Australia and it's reversed? Maybe. It's not high. Anyway, a cell phone. What does that cost, Quinn, in Australian bucks? Four ninety nine. Yeah, I'm with her. Pricey. Two hundred ninety. No, that could be right though because of the Australian. I like the first guess. Doggity doos, whatever they are. Five forty. You're locked away. Five fifty. Our price, Dennis. It's you. Oh, five fifty. Wow, Dennis just killed it. Now, did you notice he just flicked his card? He's very. He's the young host, Quinn. Yeah, I'm not with this. He's like thirty eight. Uh, too young. Like you, got, you got to be like 50 minimum on prices, right, to be the host. <laughs> now, there are other versions all over the world. All over the world. There's the Philippines has their own version. Italy. Mm-hmm. Japan. Man, Japanese prices, right, must be wild. What, what about Latvia? Because <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> on Japanese TV, usually there's also somebody, there's always a picture of somebody watching the show in the corner. Why do they do that? Because it's just the thing they do. Why do they do like, like streaming in like yeah, the like 80s? They, they were doing it like way before yeah. anybody. They were like Twitch streaming on their regular Why? Nippon network. I don't know. It's what they do. There's always somebody like Twitch streaming, commentating, like reacting to, reacting it, right? to whatever's so on. Weird. Yeah. Isn't that annoying? Who would want to watch people it. watch a TV show? I love it. That's it, what we do every It's so Friday. weird <laughs> that it's, it's charming. Yeah, I know. Like, uh, so Bob Barker's tenure, obviously, is storied. It is long. There Again, there's some bumps in the road that we're not covering in detail. But he did finally say that he was going to retire. And he announced his retirement on October 31st, 2006. Everything is going beautifully. There are people here on the show who say that the, the shows are better than ever. And... Uh, I, I like that, and I might be able to do the show another year, but I think it's better one year too soon than one year too late. And he said he was going to retire at the end of that season, and he did. So his final episode, Bob Barker's final episode, aired June fifteenth, two thousand seven. I thank you, folks. Thank you. I love you. Item up for bids on our show. Uh, he was aged 83, finally wow. giving it up. And as everyone listening probably knows, well, at least you in the U.S., he was replaced three months later, October 15th, 2007, by none other than, and an odd choice at the at time. At the time, it was very weird. Drew Carey. Hey, welcome to The Price is Right! Drew Carey of The Drew Carey Show, and, Cleveland Rocks. And also, um, whose line is it anyway? Yeah. He was the host so of that. So th- that was the thing, is that... At first, people were like, Drew Carey, shouldn't he be doing another sitcom or something? But he had branched out. But the thing was, yeah, whose line is it in any way, if you recall, on Comedy Central in between that time was getting a lot of play and people were seeing Drew in a role of kind of like a, a pseudo game show host. Yeah. It's weird, but it actually was kind of a good fit and I could see why maybe they saw him when they were picking and they were like, you know what? That could work, right? Yeah. Because he he was just good at it. He yeah. was good at like hosting stuff. He's affable. He's likable. Yeah. He just had the good. He has the wit for it. You know, Plus the quick a, wit. There was never anything. Drew Carey wasn't like a controversial figure in any way. He was always like I always just associated with him with fun. In every right? man, like, yeah, just in every man. In every like, man. there's nothing. There's nothing crazy about him. He's just a good time. A like, good time. Yeah. And even though the Price is Right purists, which I'm sure that's a thing. Some people turned it off, you know, mm-hmm. much like, uh, to be fair, to be fair, 
I have not had nearly the same interest in ever trying to track down time to watch Jeopardy ever since Alex Trebek isn't there anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, so, you either get Blossom or... Um, yeah, or Ken or Jennings. Ken Jennings, yeah. I don't want him. I want him playing it. I don't want him... Hosting. I never understood the appeal of putting, like, the best Jeopardy player ever as the host. Shouldn't he be playing or something? Or shouldn't there be a show where people try to stump Ken Jennings, like, win Ben Stein's money or win, something? Win, yeah, win Ken Jennings' pennies. Yeah. Sorry. Win, win Ken's Kenny's win, pennies. No, win Ken's winnings. Because his, his Jeopardy winnings, you see. Oh, he's putting up his winnings. And they should have a, a, a counter of like the winnings are like dropping or whatever. And like by the end of the show, it's at zero. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are people that gave up on Prices Right. Yeah. You know, once Drew Carey started hosting. There are other people that were, you know, critical because no one likes change. And Bob Barker was doing it since before people that were watching were born. Yeah. So I totally get that. But, you know, the ones I have seen of Drew, and I'm not going to pretend to have watched the show a real lot. Under the tenure of Drew Carey. Yeah. But I've seen a little bit of it. I've seen the Drew Carey show when I'm um, getting my oil changed or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> just, that kind of thing. Something a Jiffy Lube yeah, or something like, like that, yeah, right? like, It's on the TV. <laughs> Waiting for a doctor's appointment. Yeah. At jury duty. Right, you know. yeah. He's he's good. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He's really okay. The only thing that's disconcerting is that Drew has changed his hair a little bit, and he's changed his glasses, which has been a real that thro- was a big deal throw off for me. He has uh, a beard sometimes now. Sometimes yes. Yeah, sometimes he has a yeah. beard. Sometimes he doesn't. Yeah, I know. And he looks like a baby. Yeah, like it's just very strange. But I'm very proud of Drew for carrying yeah. this on for almost 16 years now as of press time. Mm-hmm. It's a long time to do a show. It really is. I mean, he's basically like he's at the point where Barker was in the 80s now. Like he's just. He's going to be the host of this until Drew's old. And Drew, mid-60s right now? Yeah, because I think we're in a weird spot now where I don't know, like, what Drew Carey, like, I don't think he would leave now. Like, he's been there so long that it's kind of like how Steve Harvey's now been on Family Feud for over a decade, too. Like, would he even ever leave? It's just such a good gig. Yeah, and as long as you want to keep doing it, they're not going to get rid of them. Yeah. Right? I mean, why would you fire, you know, successful Those are two of the the longest-standing that and Pat Sajak, but he's leaving. He's, he's retiring. So yeah. it's like, it's really going to be, now it's going to be Steve Harvey and Drew Carey are the long-standing. Well, I'll tell you what, when we, were, when we did our Wheel of Fortune episode, we were talking about how Pat Sajak was still doing it. When was he ever going to stop? And then right after it comes out, he announces retirement. So it wasn't our fault. Be on the lookout for Drew Carey leaving the Drew, Price is Right. On. you got to be there for like 30 years or something before you think about quitting <laughs> the Price is Right. What if he announces like he's Like tomorrow? Yeah. Like <laughs> the, day the Tuesday after out. this or whatever? Hey, don't say that I asked why Memories didn't call it. Uh, we'll have to do Family Feud next. For yeah. Stu- <laughs> Steve Harvey. Get this you're man qu- out of this job. Quit too. <laughs> Bob Barker did make three more appearances on his beloved game show uh, in April of 2009, in December of 2013, in honor of his 90th birthday, mm. and also April Fool's Day. Listen to this. 2015, he hosted the first part of the this show. This is like a trick. Like yeah. he, he's just there, and uh, like you're uh, like, wait, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> What would you like second? A new car. Look what we have for you, Mary. It's a brand new SUV. One thing, too, we got to mention about Bob Barker uh, is that as time went on, he became more and more like the curmudgeon old man as well, the host. Okay, so I attribute this to his appearance in Happy Gilmore. That he probably was playing on that a little bit, don't yeah, you think? Yeah, but after that, suddenly it was like he was famous for, like, you don't cross Bob Barker because he'll beat the shit out of you yeah. or whatever. I can't believe you're a professional golfer. I think you should be working at the snack bar. You better relax, Bob. There is no way that you could have been as bad at hockey as you are at golf. All right, let's go. 
and it all comes down to like this fight scene that obviously is a stunt double, but it's really funny. No, how it's, it's, it's really Bob Barker. Is it? Yeah. I thought there's a part where they're like rolling down a hill or whatever. There's he no did way. his own stunt. Really? Well, either way, I mean, he has a fight scene with Bob Barker. The price is wrong, bitch. And it became this thing, like especially among young kids who saw the movie. Yeah. And it was like, from then on, I always thought, oh, wow, they, they, these contestants, they better not cross Bob Barker. Like, he, he's, he's no joke. Like, he'll, he'll beat you up. And I think, you know, in real life, I don't think he was the affable, lovable... I don't think any game show host is. <laughs> As an adult, yeah. at least. When I was a kid, I did. Not but. to shatter anyone's yeah. illusions out there. I mean, Regis might have been. Regis might have really been like Regis that. Regis is probably was one of the nicest people ever. I think like, he really was. And that's why he was as successful no as Literally, no one has ever said a bad word about that man. You don't think? I haven't I have, I've never heard a bad word about Regis. I think fans, you know, certain television viewers find him obnoxious. You know what I mean? The personality and the way he does this. I could do an entire episode of this show on just Regis. Yeah. He's I guess we're going to have to eventually. one day, huh? He, he's one of my faves. No, I know if, he is. If you've, you've not listened to our other podcast, it's Regis true. is like one of my favorite TV people in general. Also a WWF, you know. Yeah superstar himself uh, and speaking of which so was Bob Barker yeah here it is the uh, guest host of raw when they were doing guest hosts or whatever it was does this bid include taxes does this include taxes let's not even think about taxes well, no tax. well, well wait a minute Bob everybody has to think about paying taxes well I, I know that that we're not here to discuss that I don't know wrestling basically is a game show anyway and they're both fixed anyway apparently yeah. And, you know, that was, you know, quietly faded into, I guess, retirement in his 90s. It's just mm-hmm. incredible to think about to do it for that long. You know, I would get curmudgeon too, if I was hosting that shit for 50 years. Let's just call it what it is, right? I mean, there must be some, like, really bad contestants. Like, yeah. Just, it, they're frustrating. There is a clip of Bob Barker getting upset there with is. somebody. Yes. Yeah. Well, because they, like, fuck up the thing, and he's like, I'm going home. And yeah. he's being funny. He plays it off because yeah. he's got a show to host. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, as a game show host, he was very good at it. Yes. Whatever went on behind the scenes or not, I don't know all the details, but he's very good on screen as a game show oh, host. Oh, yeah. I mean, he found his calling, let's just say. Game show host. You know, yeah. Very few do. Yeah. It's true. It's rare. There's not a lot of standout. I mean, there's a handful. That's it. Yeah. And like in the history of them, mm-hmm. there's like, what, a dozen? I mean, it's TV, so... It's I guess TV. as time will go on, the, the the ranks of game show hosts in history will increase. But well, we'll have to do a special ranking, you know, yeah. the Mount oh, Rushmore the Mount of game Rush- show hosts. Yeah, game show host ranking. We can't have Alyssa on for that. It needs to be something else. That should be like a top 10, actually. Top 10? There's it, only like 11. There's more than that. I know. Yeah. I know. Joking around. But The Price is Right is considered by some critics as the greatest game show of all time. Mm. I don't agree with that. Yeah, I'm I saving don't. that thought for the end of the episode here. I, yeah. It's not my favorite show. I'm going to be honest with you. No. But I don't. I don't dislike it. It's my it's, heart belongs to its Jeopardy. Biggest, its biggest problem over time to me was that it's on for an hour. I I can not I could never get over why the show needed to be an hour long. In 2023, that's a bit of an ask. Yeah, don't you think? Even back then, though, it felt like it, because it was so abnormal with its long time, like no other game show was like that. No, it really did feel like by the end of an episode, you felt like, "What time is it? How long has this been on?" Like, because no, you true. go through two showcases or whatever, and then they face off at the. It's so long. It's just very long. <laughs> so I don't, don't know. You don't like the length of it. The length. I yeah. just. I don't dislike it, and I never did, and I like the show. I, I didn't dislike it. No, yeah, I, I'm just saying it. its length is what hurt it. Mm-hmm. But I really, I'm, I am a quiz showman, 
trivia show type of person. So I always really like Jeopardy, win Ben Stein's money. Yeah, another one. That was a good one. And if it comes down to like the more lower brow, again, not an insult, I'd probably prefer Wheel to this. Yeah. You know? Family Feud's fun, though. Yeah, and that's like middle middle ground, yeah. right? That's more of a guessing game, and there's there's it's fun. Guess the survey results or yeah, whatever. just the survey. But I, I really like it. I don't know if it is deserving of the greatest game show of all time title. Maybe it certainly had a lot of wide appeal because it's very easy I to I mean, follow. I can see where longevity does count for something in game shows. Yeah. Ones that last the test of time, like The Price is Right, the fact that it's still on. It's definitely like the longest running at this point, right? Yes. No doubt about it. I don't know. There's something to be said about that. Yeah, that's true, Quinn. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Longevity. But I thought it was worthy of an episode anyway before the news of Bob Barker just because so many people, like we said, grew up watching it in some way, shape, or form, whatever the circumstance. With There could be people 10 years younger than us listening to this show right now. They've or have definitely seen it. And people 20 years older than us listening mm-hmm. to this show that have definitely grown up it's watching definitely the Price a is right. pop culture like icon if you will like it's something yeah. that's just it's always on TV five days a week every week yep for years for years for, for, since TV began reliably like, yeah. yeah like it's it's just there it's just there and we wanted to give it a shout out and also pay you know homage to Bob Barker himself who was the longest host. And obviously a reminder to have your pet spayed and neutered, as Bob would want. Bob Barker reminding you, help control the pet population. Have your pet spayed and neutered. Goodbye, everybody. Folks, we hope you enjoyed this little trip down memory lane, because The Price is Right, in its own right, is a... um. A very nostalgic show, even now, to this day, right? It's It's already a retro show. We hope you like this, and we want to hear your thoughts. Again, we didn't get too deep into the weeds on the gameplay and all the little games, especially Plinko. We got deep enough, Plinko. Stop it. Uh, But folks, let us know what you think, and please be sure to follow us at AWM Podcast on Twitter and join our Facebook group. But we will be back next week with something completely different. Yeah. And we know you're going to like this one. Until that time, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you liked it, and we will see you next week for more Wash Memories. See ya. Like what you heard? Be sure to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We will see you next week. Next week.